Welcome to the Financial Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how to build your practice from startup to scale up while being the kind of coach your clients crave. Finally, a podcast for financial coaches. Here are your hosts, Maria Casillas and Cody Sizemore. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Financial Coaches Podcast. I, Maria, and Cody are excited to be here with you today. We're going to talk about time management, which I'm so glad that Cody's going to impart his wisdom on us because Lord knows I could use some of that wisdom today. But before we jump into that, I would just like to remind all you fantastic listeners, if you have not yet left a rating or a review for us, we would really appreciate you doing that. It just helps spread the word and get this podcast into the ears and eyes of other people who are needing to hear this information that we have to share. And I also want to remind you that we are connecting with you in our Facebook group. It is called New Money Habits Financial coaches. If you've heard about that group here on this podcast, we encourage you to go find us on Facebook, tell us where you heard about us and let us know where you are in your business so we can help you meet, we can meet you where you are and help you from there. Cody, tell me how to manage my time, will you? Well, <laughs> let's see. I don't know if I have the time for this. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so I guess let me ask you let me actually ask you this question first. What is your biggest struggle with time management? Oh, you're for real. You're gonna you're just gonna unpack this right here with me today, aren't you? Let's do um, it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think part of my biggest struggle is not being able to anticipate what life is gonna throw at me. Mm, okay. So every day is a little bit different. Every day is, yes, I wear many hats and sometimes they fly yeah. off in the wind. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Now, do you find that your day changes like throughout the day? Like maybe you start the day with like a plan and it just totally changes? Sometimes. Uh, and, and that would require me to start the day with a plan. So I'm just going to be very vulnerable with you right now, very transparent and let you know that this has been a long time struggle of mine. I, I kind of get into a groove where I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this and I'm going to time, you know, block and I'm going to have this plan. Uh, and so sometimes that works, but oftentimes it does get a little bit messed up and then it's very easy to fall into that thinking of, well, that didn't work. So, you know, go back to haphazard, mm -hmm. haphazard planning in life and, and all of that. So, yeah, well, I think that, um, that variable day, um, and, and even just like not really, you know, having days not be the same is super normal. Um, especially for people who are either coaching full time or people who are building it up on the side uh, but they also have another job, they have families, they have commitments, they have all these different types of things that, you know, like you said, many hats to juggle, right? right? Yep. Um, and getting better with your time management is not something that, you know, it's not like just like this formula to where you're like, I'm going to do this tomorrow and all my problems will be solved, right? Mm -hmm. Like anything. No, it's, it's something, <laughs> yeah, it, this is something that takes time, you know? Um, it's something that takes trying and you know, adjusting and trying again and adjusting again. And then eventually you kind of build a new skill, a new muscle uh, to where things become um, pretty predictable, mm -hmm. uh, I would say. Um, so as far as time management goes, 
I, I really like to pride myself on that. I am the type of person that's like, hey, if you're on time, you're late. If you're five minutes early, you're on time. And if you're 10 minutes early, then that's what you're actually looking for kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, My husband would part- really, really like you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> except for parties. If you're 30 minutes late, then you're on time. Got it. All right. <laughs> so much for no formula. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I I do a few things that um, I have found really, really helped me. Um, the biggest thing that helps me is that I plan my day before the day actually begins. So one of the last things that I do, which I put it in my calendar, is I make my calendar for the next day mm-hmm. before the day begins. Mm-hmm. I love that you just put that into your calendar. Yep. Yeah, that, that is yep. one habit that I've gotten much better with uh, because I, I do try to take incremental steps as much as I say on here that I, I, you know, I don't know any of it. I, I have taken some incremental steps and that is one of them. I have become very consistent with if there's an appointment or even, uh, you know, if I need to take my daughter somewhere, you know, she's got a class or something. I have figured out how to put that on the calendar. I color code it so that if it's for my business, it's one color. If it's for my daughter, it's a different color. Uh, If it's for, um, you know, something I just need to be reminded of. A lot of times I will actually block that time off, uh, but make it a different color. So I have gotten good at that. I have never, ever actually put in on my calendar time to plan the next day's time though. So that's a really great idea. It's, It's crucial. It's crucial because if you don't put that in your calendar, then you'll forget and then the next day will come and then you'll wake up and you'll be like, oh, crap, what am I supposed to do today? Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. And then you just start like the day just starts happening and it just kind of gets away from you. And all of a sudden it's, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon and you're just like, well, that there goes my whole morning, you know, like that kind of thing. Right. Yep. So I have found that that putting it in your calendar the night before is really, really big. Um, That's the first thing. Then from, from there, I do something which you mentioned it is something called time blocking, which is essentially budgeting for your time. You know, Mm -hmm. if you were to, if you were to look at it as like a zero based budget, it's basically the same thing. Like you're basically zeroing out your time for the, for the entirety of the day, from the moment that you wake up to the moment that you plan to go to bed. Now, just like some people might look at budgeting and be like, well, that's restrictive and I can't do what I want. No, it's, it's the opposite. It's actually very freeing. You know, you can do the things that you want because you're scheduling it in. Um, and there's no guessing, you know, there's no like, what am I going to do or, or anything like that? You know, it, it brings you a lot of peace knowing that. Um, so what is time blocking? Time blocking is essentially you pick a certain block of time and you put a name to it and you pick the next block of time and you put a name to it. Um, and it's, it's basically using pretty much every minute of every hour, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, you know, if I wake up at 5.30 in the morning and I go to the gym, you know, like in my calendar, I would, I would put 5.30, wake up, get dressed, boom. Six o'clock, go to the gym. Now, that six o'clock, that also takes into account the five-minute drive it takes to get to the gym. Mm-hmm. So my, my time block for gym is six to seven in the morning, which I work out for 45 minutes at a time. So 
that just because it's 45 minutes, it's not six to 6.45. No, it's six to seven because that takes into account that five minute drive time too sure. on each end. And it gives me a five minute buffer mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. just in case something comes up, traffic, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and then, you know, you just keep that kind of mindset throughout the entire thing. Um, and I even like schedule in like designated times of the day where I take breaks, you know, like, and, and I've talked to people about this before to where they're like, wait a second, like you actually schedule in when you're going to take a break and when you're actually just going to like relax. And I'm like, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> because if I don't do that, then I'll just keep working and working and working. I'll burn myself out. Right. And those breaks are very intentional. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I like when I'm on my break or my relax time, I'm not doing anything. Just sitting on the couch. Uh, you know, watching the office, scrolling through TikTok, whatever it might be, whatever I need to do to just kind of like recharge my brain and just relax my body. Um, and those are very intentional because, and they're strategic too, because I'll often schedule those like, you know, maybe like a 20 to 30 minute relax time right before I have a, uh, client. So for example, we're wrapping up this, this, uh, recording and then I have another client uh, at 3.30. And, you know, from 3 to 3.30, what's in my calendar? Relax. Mm-hmm. That's it. So I can get recharged from this and uh, and show up for my client uh, the best way possible. But essentially what time blocking is, is you just take those blocks of time and you put a name to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you... you you want to ensure that you have that buffer in there too. That's where a lot of people make mistakes with, with time blocking is like, they'll, they'll just block the time. They'll do the thing, but they won't allow any sort of buffer time, you know, like whether it be five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes on either end, you know, they don't allow that. Um, so they just go, 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 go. And they get super burnt out. But if you allow that buffer time, then it, the, the things don't seep into each other. Right. And then yeah. that's when, when things seep into each other, then you get behind schedule. And then once you get behind schedule, you're like, I might as well just stop doing these things and just, you know, watch the office or whatever it might be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm chuckling. Cause I, I've been following your obsession with the office. Um, I've so- actually never seen the office. Oh really? Oh, that's hilarious. I thought I didn't realize it was all a joke. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. That's even funnier. Okay. Well, that just goes to show you you can't believe everything you see on social media. Um, here's the thing. So I've done time blocking, but very high level. And by high level, I don't mean like expert level. I mean like framework, you know, like not, not in the nitty gritty. I've done it broadly. When I was time blocking and I still do this, it's more about those hats that I wear, right? So mm-hmm. I'm allowing myself to, you know, be this person at this time and to, you know, do this role at this time, et cetera, et cetera. And I will absolutely agree with what you said about it being freeing. That part uh, was so freeing to me because it allowed me to feel no guilt in putting away this hat while I was wearing this hat, right? Mm-hmm. However, I think where I where I definitely get 
tripped up and it's just right back to your question in the beginning was not being able to plan some of what life throws at you. So, you know, when you talk about a zero waste budget, you can talk about buffers, right? Just like you did with the time blocking. Mm -hmm. And you also talk about peace of mind or emergency fund. So, you know, some reserves over here so that when life goes not according to plan, because it never will go according to plan, then you've got something there. I haven't yet figured out, full disclosure, how to put aside <laughs> some reserves of time for when life doesn't go the way I said. So, for example, if I have um, if I have it in my calendar that I'm going to wear the uh, the worker hat, let's just have a part time job. So I'm going to put the part time job hat on. And then in walks my three-year-old who needs help wiping. <laughs> like all of a sudden, like there's no one else around the house that's able to put that hat on. So I get to put the wiping hat on. That's always fun. It's stuff like that, that I think uh, really starts to then just become very discouraging, I think is probably the best word for that. Um, if I, I mean, I know that my husband, like he's able to go away to work. And so it's a lot easier to say, I'm going to, you know, time block this and I'm going to do this. And, and then everything, he doesn't have as many of those distractions. Uh, so I think that's probably where the, the biggest thing is. So what do you have to say for some of those distractions and yours might not be the same at, at this point, but I'm sure, you know, everyone has those little life distractions that come in either. What, how do you handle those and, or have you figured out a way to put some reserves away time reserves? Yeah. So, um, I want to go in two different directions with this. Um, first of all, you know, if you're, if you're working on something, maybe you're like building a project or whatever it might be. Um, and you know, your three-year-old needs some help. Um, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's just what it is. And I do, by the way, <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's not yeah. running around with a dirty little bottom just for the right. record. <laughs> right. It, it does distract your mind though. It distracts my mind. And then it takes a lot to rev back up and, and get mm -hmm. back into that space. Right. Yeah. So what, what I have done, um, in those situations. So say I have like an hour and a half to where like I'm building, you know, uh, a course or a lead magnet or whatever it might be. Um, and something happens with my baby to where like the babysitter needs help or something like that, you know, I'll pop out, I'll help for five or 10 minutes, whatever it might be. And then I'll come back into my office and try and get back to it. Now you're right. Like it does create that disconnect. You know, it's mm -hmm. hard to ramp back up. Um, so I have just found that like, when that happens, I don't just try and just jump right back into it. Um, I take five minutes and I put it, I throw in my headphones and I either throw on like a song that's going to get me like really pumped up. I throw on like this, like, you know, uh, like a motivational speech that's going to get me like in the right mindset. And I literally just like walk in circles in my office. I like jump up and down. I shake my arms loose like all those different types of things. I, I breathe deeply. And then once the song is done, I sit down and I just get right back into it. Mm -hmm. um, rather than having it be like a, I'm going right back into it immediately. It's something that kind of like primes me to get back into it. Um, that's the one thing that I have done that has helped me, you know, uh, 
address those distractions when they do happen because they do happen. Yeah. They happen to me too. So would you say then, Cody, that if you wanted to write for an hour and a half, that you would just fill in half hour buffer there? Is that what you would do? So you'd create a, a two hour time block for yourself or are you creating a one and a half hour time block knowing that approximately an hour of that, you know, anywhere from 60 to 90 minutes will be dedicated to writing, but you're allowing for that buffer in there different than the driving buffer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, when you have that 30 minute buffer, right, mm -hmm. um, let's say that something does happen cool. You can use that buffer and you're not really thrown off. Yeah. But if it doesn't happen, then you can take that extra 30 minutes and you can just reapply it to something else. Right. Or you can, um, you know, find something to do for the next 30 minutes to where you're like, okay, like I got this extra 30 minutes. I'm going to continue being productive or I'm going to take a well-deserved break or whatever it might be, you mm -hmm. know, but having that buffer is huge. That's mm -hmm. where a lot of people make the mistakes with, with time blocks is that they don't give themselves the the ability to have those variables come up mm -hmm. and potentially throw them off but if you mm -hmm. have that there then it's like it's like that safety net you know um so yeah i mean i think that's probably the best way that i would uh address that yeah and that uh, then creates those time reserves uh because mm -hmm. if you didn't need it i mean at, at the end of that 60 minutes for example maybe it's 75 you know, and so you've got, you technically have an extra 15 minutes. Um, I mean, you could continue to write if you wanted to, but you could apply it somewhere else, which is the time reserve. So I think one of the biggest differences between the time and money is, I mean, money, you can always go make more time. You can't. So, so there is that huge difference. Uh, also with the time reserves, that idea with, with money, you can accumulate, the reserves with time you can't but you can redistribute those reserves yes. so so a perfect example of something that happened to me this morning so this morning from 8 a.m until 9 30 in my calendar and on my planner i had that time designated for two things breakfast and making my rounds and what i mean by making my rounds is like you know touching base with clients um touching base with leads that kind of stuff, like missed mm -hmm. messages, emails, that kind of thing. Um, I put an hour and a half because I knew that I wanted plenty of time to do that. Uh, but it only took me an hour. I ended up doing it from eight to nine. So I took that extra 30 minutes and I basically looked at my next time block, which was 9.30 to 11, which was planned to be that I make a post, I put up a story and I go out for my second workout of the day. Mm -hmm. Um so what I did was I just bumped it up a little bit. I started that at nine rather than 9.30, which means I wrapped up with everything uh, by like 10.15. So then I had like a like a 45 minute window before my next time block, which was lunch at 11 o'clock. Uh, so from 10.15 to 10.45, I just sat down and I started working on um, my new lead magnet that, that I wanted to do just to get like an extra, uh, you know, an extra leg up on it, essentially. Mm -hmm. Not something I plan to do. I actually plan to work on my lead magnet later on today. Um, but now I, I got a little bit more of a head start on it. You know, mm -hmm. I, I can make more progress with it. Um, I could have very well chosen to just have that be a relaxed time. Um, I could have, you know, done several different types of things, but that's just where the that's where the practice and the trial and error and the time spent on actually like 
perfecting and, and uh, you know, getting your time management in a better place kind of comes where like you can make those executive decisions of like, hey, if I have this extra time, what am I what am I going to do with it? Yeah. Um, and one thing I so, hear in all of that, and it obviously does uh, align very well with what we talk about with money is the intentionality in terms of if you've got extra that it's okay to spend that intentionally but not waste it. So for example, you know, if you had that extra half hour, you said I could have used that to rest, for example, uh, that's different than squandering it away. You know, if, if you were just, a lot of times we, we are busy, if you will, uh, but we're busy doing nothing. <laughs> we're just, we're busy just, you know, literally doing, but nothing. And I think that that would be more of a waste of time. Whereas even if you're just, even if it's just resting, if you're doing that with intention, then you have permission to do that. And it's not squandering that time away. Yeah. And the reason I chose not to relax during that time is because I knew that my next time block was lunch, mm -hmm. which is relaxing to me, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah. so I was, was like, well, I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to like, just like take two time blocks essentially and, and put them together if they're both going to be relaxing. Right. Like you know, I want the time that I have that is downtime to be time that's actually intentional um, mm -hmm. and not just like do it just because, you right. know? Yep. Um, so yeah. And, and I think it's different, especially for coaches that are listening to this where there's maybe they're saying, okay, well, I have a job, you know, and not just a job, but I also have a family mm -hmm. as well. How do I even begin to to try and do this time blocking thing when I when I work and I have a family and I'm trying to do this business on the side and all these different types of things? Mm -hmm. um, well, I was there too. Uh, you know, for anyone who's listened to this podcast, they know that I I only went full time with coaching. Well, I guess it's actually coming up on a year now, almost uh, about ten months ago. Exciting. Um, yeah. But for the first like year to year and a half of my coaching practice, I was working, I had a family, and this was something that I was building up on the side. Um, now, I still took that same principle of like s schedule out my day before the day begins. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, you know, when you work on top of trying to build the business on the side, it's just one of those things to where you you just need to put in the time in it's, it's tiring and it's a lot of work, but if it's, if this is something that you want to do to build up to eventually go full-time, then it's just something you have to do. Are um, you saying you so, have to spend time to make time? Yeah, that's it. That's it. You know, so, so having like a, like a morning routine is mm -hmm. super, super important. And, you know, going, going to bed earlier rather than like sitting and watching Netflix for two hours at the end of the night, like, why don't you just do it for 30 minutes or an hour and then go and then go to bed or, you know, read a book for 30 minutes or an hour and then mm -hmm. go to bed and save that extra hour. You know, maybe instead of going to bed at 11, you go to bed at 10 or instead of going to bed at 10, you go to bed at nine. So you can get up earlier, do your morning routine, um, you know, maybe do some like post work for your clients or make your rounds like I was talking about before you go into the office, you go into the office, you do your work, you come home. You spend a little bit of time with the family, you make dinner, uh, you know, you have some time with the kids, whatever it might be. And then maybe from like, you know, uh, six to eight 30, then you're, then you're working with clients or something like that. Right. 
Um, it's it's going to be a lot of work, but if you use that time blocking, it makes the work more possible. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this, Cody. Um, for somebody who's just starting out on this and they're not able to go all in, what do you suggest? Do you suggest something like, you know, just pick a specific thing, you know, kind of like with the envelope system, someone's like, I'm not ready to go all cash. And so, you know, we might walk them through the process of choosing the category that causes the most frustration for them. And they just do cash for that category. So I'm, I'm kind of trying to draw uh, just similarities between these two things. For this, would you suggest that somebody take something and just try the time blocking? Do you do they have permission to do that? Where will it work <laughs> if they just do a small amount, or do you have to start all in in order for it to actually create any um, any value for somebody just starting? Well, just based off of my personality, I, I think that all in is the way to go. Yes. But but I also know that. Um, you know, it does take some, uh, some easing into it mm-hmm. as well. So, you know, maybe someone has a job and they get off at five and they know that, uh, you know, five to six thirty is like their family time where they have dinner, they spend time with their family, whatever. Um, then, you know, and then maybe afterwards they work with some clients. Mm-hmm. Cool. You know, like just start time blocking from when you get off work until you go to bed. Mm-hmm. You know, because so, even if you were to do that, then you're then you're being intentional with your time with your family. Right. You're being intentional time with your time with your clients, and you're being intentional with your time by going to bed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And so that, that you that's can, exactly you can what. Then get up. Yes. yes exactly. <laughs> you know, and like and do it all over again. Exactly. Uh, that's the exactly. biggest thing is like you know going to bed. Like I have a bedtime. Mm-hmm. Nine thirty. That's my bedtime. I'm an old man, right? (laughs) (laughs) I am in bed by 930 Mm -hmm. pretty much every day, Mm -hmm. Um, if not before, you know, and uh, it just depends on the day. But it's very rare that I'll stay up past 930 because I know that I have to get up at 530 because I have my next day planned out. And I just know that if I stay up until 11 or 12 binge watching Stranger Things, that while I might love it in the moment, I'm not going to love it the next day. And it's really going to take a toll on me. Yeah. So even if you start with like that one section, once you get off of work until you go to bed, yep. I think that's going to be a huge, huge start. I do too. And one thing that I would be remiss if I didn't bring up before we wrap up here is boundaries. As we were talking, uh, I've been, I've been hearing a lot about boundary setting throughout this whole thing. And when you mentioned, you know, if this, if this hour and a half is for your family, then we time block that. I just want to, I want to focus in on that for just a minute to, to prove my point. If you time block that hour and a half for your family and you are still checking your phone for messages or for emails or, you know, on Facebook so that you're, you know, checking your uh, interaction on your posts or whatever, you're not there with your family. And they know that and they feel that. And so when they, when they're asked to leave you alone for the next hour and a half, so you can be with your clients, they're not likely to respect that boundary either. 
However, if you are blocking that time and you're saying, this is my family time, and you literally are only focusing on the family, you put the devices away, you don't try to come up with the next podcast episode, you don't try to come up with what's your next post going to be, you really are just in the moment. That's, I think, where that guilt goes away when you are then saying, you know what, I've given you this time. And now I need you to allow me to be with these individuals for this time. I think where the guilt comes in is when we know we didn't give them that time fully and authentically. And then we are then taking that time away some more. So I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but I just wanted to make sure that we touched on that because it is such an important thing. I think that's where the freeing comes from with the time blocking is it gives you permission to not do all of the things at once. But it does take some responsibility in actually focusing on the thing that you said you were going to focus on. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. If you were in a session with a client, would you feel comfortable inviting your family in to have dinner while you're taking that session, like in the same room as you? No. Why not? Well, for the privacy of the client, first of all, and okay. and also because... I mean, you know how hard it is for me to stay focused anyway. <laughs> I can barely think for myself these days. I would have a really hard time not being distracted by my family right. and not being able to focus on that individual. Right. So if you would never do that to a client, then why would you ever do that to your family? You know, if, if you have a designated time for your yeah. family, just like you have a designated time for your clients. Mm -hmm. And you would never do that to your clients. Mm -hmm. Then why is it that we find ourselves doing that to our family? The ones that we really love the most, yep. the ones that really matter to us the most, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's just my way of saying like what you just said mm -hmm. is absolutely right. You know, like setting that boundary, not only with your family or with your clients, but also with yourself, mm -hmm. knowing that like, Hey, like this is my family time and it, I'm not going to feel guilty about it because this is a part of my plan. This is a part of my journey and this is a part of my calendar. And that's just, that's just it, you know? And, and when you ask your family to give you that respect and that time to work with your clients, you also need to ask your clients to do the same when, when you're with your family. Right. Um, so yeah, that's just my way of, of like, you know, doing a different perspective. I yeah, guess no, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I also, I think that if we don't need permission from other people to set those boundaries, however, I think that if we share those boundaries and that information with people around us, it, it then releases us from any of that explanation later as well. You know, if we say to whoever it is, whether it's, uh, it could be clients, but it could also be extended family members. It could be, it could be anybody, um, somebody who's going through a crisis. You know, if we say, I, I really want to help you. I can't, I can't answer the phone during this time to this time. Right. Then they know ahead of time that it's not them. It's not that you're not willing to help or that you're not in a, in a position to be able to do that. It's just that you are, you're modeling for your kids and for whoever you're doing this with, how to have a healthy boundary and, and what that really looks like and how that actually benefits, not just you, but everybody else involved as well. Yeah. Yeah. One big thing that um, people ask me, especially if they're like newer clients, they'll say, you know, 
can we meet on Sunday or, or whatever it might be? I tell them, I'm like, nope. Sundays are the only day that I do not work. That is a family day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm sorry, but we, we cannot meet that day. Mm-hmm. And I also tell my clients, all my clients know, if they were to shoot me a message or a question or a text or a call or whatever, and it happens to fall on a Sunday, they know that they're not hearing from me. Mm-hmm. Period. Like they just, they just know that. And my family also knows that I am not doing any work on Sunday. And that's, and you know what? I've never had someone say, well, that's just not going to work for me. (laughs) I've never had someone say that to me. Mm -hmm. They've, you know what they always say? They say, okay. Yeah. And you're modeling that good behavior for them. It really Mm -hmm. is important. And, and you didn't say, no, you can't shoot me a message on Sunday. Right. Nope. You you just said, here's the expectation. Here's what you can expect from me. Um, and so it just gives them a heads up on what that expectation is. And they know that it's not because you're not willing to be helpful and that you don't know the answer or that you're stalling for time. They know that this is not the day that you work. And so for all of those reasons, I think it's just such an important piece. And I'm glad that you allowed me to, to share that piece of it, because without that, the time blocking thing can seem very formulaic. It can seem, you know, like it's just the number part of the budget. But when we start, when we add in the boundary part, the relationship part of it, then it's kind of like adding in the value side of our clients' budgets as well. So it's definitely more holistic. Uh, So I appreciate you letting me do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So to wrap things up, uh, basically the four, takeaways um, that I'm hearing as, uh, as we're talking about everything. One is uh, to plan your day before it begins. Mm-hmm. Uh, two is to use the time blocking method. Uh, three is to have those buffers, um, basically that peace of mind fund for your time to ensure that, you know, things don't butt up against each other and you don't just like run into this mess of time, <laughs> essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and four is to set and hold those, those boundaries, you know, yeah. um, whether it be with your family, with your clients, or even with yourself. Uh, I think that's a really key, important, uh, part as well. So that's a great summary of the discussion we had, Cody. Thanks so much for doing that. Hey, that's why I'm here. <laughs> it's why I need you. <laughs> You guys, thanks so much for tuning in this week. We hope that you too were able to get at least those four takeaways and maybe some others. If you got some others, feel free to let us know what those are in that group that we mentioned earlier, the New Money Habits Financial Coaches group on Facebook. We'd love to see you there. And again, we appreciate you tuning in today. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Financial Coaches Podcast, brought to you by New Money Habits and Sizemore Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our host by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes and join our growing group of like-minded coaches on Facebook. And until next time, happy coaching. Music provided by Summer School.